welcome all of you who join us today in the pews and those who join us by way of the electronic media at home in your spiritual communion with us here at St. Anne's in Washington, D.C. on this feast of All Saints, November the 1st. I think there's a natural tendency, and it's borne out in most religions from caveman to the present, that men and women feel very unworthy of God. They feel a distance. They feel their shame, their guilt for whatever they've done. And they don't really trust God. They fear God more than they trust God. And every effect in this universe has a cause. So we know human nature, in our story at least, that is proclaimed in the book of Genesis, where it all began with Adam and Eve, sin, or that first great act of irrationality, whereby they violated their human nature by thinking that they could be gods, created this fear of God, borne out by their shame and guilt. And so they ran and hid themselves from God. It's the first sign of a child that begins to fear his or her parents when they run and hide from mom and dad, hoping against hope that they won't find out. And we continue to do that not only with God, but with authority. A lot of us do it with the IRS. We run and hide, right? We run and hide from all sorts of people in government and those in authority around us because we just don't want them to find out who we are. We're afraid of ourselves. We run and hide. We don't trust. Well, the world will always basically say man and woman are unworthy of God because of this lowliness that we have, this shame, this guilt, and the fear we have. And so we don't want to draw too close to God because, well, we don't feel worthy. Well, that is not Christianity. In fact, it's one of the only religions in the world that flips all of that on its head and says, no, no, despite your sin, you are worthy of God's love and compassion. In fact, in the paradox of our faith, had it not been for sin, O oh happy fault, O oh necessary sin of Adam, then there would not have been the need for a redeemer. So if you think about it, if we were so unworthy of God, then why did God become man to save us? So Christianity presents a very new look at the relationship between God and the human being. Not that we are unworthy of God, just the opposite. We are most worthy of God's love. What an insult it would be to say, no, I don't want his love. I don't want his mercy. I don't want grace. I don't want anything to do with that. That's insulting to one who gives us everything. So when you think about this great feast in honor of all saints, the tendency is to think along those natural lines, well, I'm unworthy of that. I don't want to be a saint. I can't be a saint. And there are many voices out there that say, yeah, you cannot be a saint. You're imperfect. You're sinful. You're unworthy. And so why even try? 
And saints are strange anyway, they'll say. They live bizarre lives. They're not the ordinary people of the world. They lived extraordinary circumstances and, and their life was just so different. And they're too pious. And they're just so ethereal. And you can't relate to them. They're too much. And so we prefer them to be marble statues or stained glass windows because that keeps them in their place as seemingly unreal people. Again, just the opposite. Don't think in terms of what the world understands religion, especially ours, but understand it through the lens of Christ and the lens of the human being that is made in the image and likeness of God who is just like you and me. The saints are people like you and me. There may be just over 10,000 or so canonized saints of the Catholic Church in 2,000 years, but there are countless more, countless more. When Pope Benedict was asked, how many ways to salvation are there in the Catholic Church? He said, there are as many ways as there are individuals. Why? Because God has a unique plan for you. For you. Individually. Not collectively. For you. The human, unrepeatable, unique reality that is you. And so he does everything to give you that special grace. According to your circumstance, your station in life, wherever you are, universally, He's always been doing this and calls you uniquely in that vocation. Not what others say, but what he wants you to do. And the saints are men and women down through these ages, like many of you here in these pews and at home, who are responding beautifully to God's grace by simply attending to him, saying, Lord, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know where it's going necessarily. But I'm not going to live in fear of you. I'm going to learn to live in trust of you. I'm going to flip away the old Adam and Eve, and through my baptism, I'll put on the white garment and show the world, show myself, show our Lord that I want to respond. I don't know always what his will is, but I will trust it. I will trust it. And this is the first mark of sanctity, trust. If you look at the life of the Virgin Mary, for example, from the very beginning at the Annunciation scene in Luke's Gospel, she trusts. She has no idea where her life will go with this message from Gabriel, the angel, that she is to be the mother of the Messiah. But she trusts. Not easy. She's disturbed by the meaning of the message, but she contemplates it and she trusts. She does not run in fear. She's not ashamed to follow him. Joseph the same way. Joseph who would have easily by the world standards have called off the engagement to Mary, realizing now that she was with child and not his child. But he trusts. And the two of them will teach the boy in his human nature as he grows to trust. Thy will be done. And Jesus would echo those words on a cross 33 years later. 
Father, not my will, but thine be done. So I think the first step in all of this is as children do, they trust their parents. Something happens later in life where that breaks down, but in the beginning, there's that trust. It's, the, it's always what Adam and Eve had in the beginning. It's what children have in the beginning. It's now what we have as newly adopted children of God through the waters of baptism. We have an invitation to trust once again in his life and his love, his mercy and forgiveness, and not turn away from that. And to think that we can advance in this life of holiness is not being hypocritical. Again, the world would say, all you Catholics and Christians, you people who claim to go to church, you're all hypocrites. We're not hypocrites. We're just being honest. We're sinners. We need a redeemer. They're the hypocrites by denying the fact they don't need a redeemer. It's funny how it all flips. No, we're here because we realize we cannot save ourselves. And the saints were the first to recognize they could not save themselves. That's why sanctity is so essential to human happiness. If you think about the saints too, they were not boring people. They weren't ethereal, they weren't unreal. They would be the most exciting friends you could ever have. So we pray to the saints, we pray through their intercession because they're part of our family. They're part of the communion, we say, between heaven and earth, the church here on earth, the church in heaven, our heavenly Jerusalem, and they are united with us in bonds of love that are eternal. So just as friends are essential in human happiness in this life, it's all to the more important to remember that friends are extremely important in the next life. And so they commune with us even now. We're surrounded by angels and saints, and we pray to them. My favorite saint is St. Anthony of Padua. He always finds me something when it's lost. I've shared that story with you before. Whenever I'm trying to find a parking space in Washington, D.C., I pray to St. Anthony. Anthony, Anthony, look around. What was lost must now be found. And he comes through, always. And if he doesn't, then I turn to St. Jude, because St. Jude is the patron of desperate cases, and he'll find me something if Anthony's too busy. The point is, the saints are our friends. They're there to help us, to intercede for us, and they are the model and example of happiness, of true joy in this life, as they embrace the will of God out of love for him, who embraced his love for us by the wood of the cross. Happy all saints. Do not be afraid to follow him. Do not be afraid to grow in holiness. This is his gift. Don't turn him down.